We are on a mission to help lawyers and law firm owners maximize wealth and achieve financial independence. Welcome to The Lawyer Millionaire with Darren Words from Words Financial Services. In this podcast, we will help you build wealth, minimize your taxes, and plan for retirement with money management strategies designed for the legal profession. Join us in this journey where we help you manage your money so you can make the most of your future. Start feeling confident in knowing you are well prepared for retirement and on track to financial independence. Now on to the show. Have you ever wondered how to protect your law firm from financial risks? Or perhaps how to select the insurance coverage that's just right for your needs? Well, in this episode, we'll uncover the veil from the world of insurance and risk management for law firms so you can set the stage for a future of financial confidence and security. I'm your host, Darren Wirtz, and welcome to this episode of The Lawyer Millionaire. Today, we have a real treat for you. We're joined by a seasoned professional on the front line of insurance coverage for law firms, Brad Barkin. Brad serves as the Vice President of Law and Accounting Practice at Embroker, an insurance company committed to transforming insurance purchasing with transparency, efficiency, and intelligence. Welcome to the show, Brad. Thanks, Darren. Good to be here. Yes, I'm excited that you're here. And, you know, I don't know, most people probably don't get excited about insurance, but I know that you probably get excited about insurance. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, excited enough. Yes. Um, obviously, it's a, it's a critical instrument in terms of protecting uh, financial stability for, for all kinds of companies around the world and um, probably the largest industry in the world. So excited Absolutely. enough. Yeah. And we're going to make it exciting today. It really is a critical thing for lawyers and for law firm owners to understand. And, you know, I think a lot of folks, when they start their businesses, a lot of attorneys, perhaps, um, when they start their law firms, it may not be the foremost thing that they're thinking about, but it's definitely a critical thing to think about. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would agree. I mean, interestingly enough, um, kind of depends on the lawyer. There's some of them where where a malpractice policy is actually their very first purchase because it's required in some states um, to have it. Uh, but otherwise, uh, uh, you're right. There, there are plenty of others out there for the right reasons who are just more concerned about setting up their practice and getting things moving. Um, and insurance winds up being um, somewhat of an afterthought, but most firms out there are are carrying insurance uh, to some extent. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk a little bit about you and and your background. You've had an extensive career in the insurance world. Why don't you share with us a bit about your journey and how you arrived to your current position at Embroker? Yeah, sure thing. Um, so I think like most people in the insurance world, uh, never expected or grew up as a child uh, wanting to be in the insurance world, but but here I am. Turns out it's a great industry. So um, I've been doing this since specifically for large law firms and accounting firms. I started out um, at, at a great boutique brokerage where we focused on uh, particularly, like, like I said, larger firms, larger accounting firms and law firms all over the country. Um, was there for about 10 years. It was a great experience. Um, that company wound up getting bought and it was a good time for me to Look at what else was out there. So um, at that time, which is around 2016, uh, I realized that technology was really creeping into kind of all facets of all facets of industry, but really not so much insurance. Um, and our our customers and buyers, um, generally speaking, were fine with the customer service aspect, but um, the process of buying really left a lot to be desired because it's so redundant and old school and um, there is plenty of opportunity to make it better. So fast forward a little bit, um, 
I wound up coming on with Embroker um, very early on in the company's journey and have been there ever since. So um, during that time, we you know, went from zero customers to um, several thousand customers in the law firm space, uh, particularly. And, and the, our secret sauce has been good customer service and providing a product that has uh, sound financial backing and makes the buying process far easier than what else is generally available out there. So people can come to us in a couple different ways, um, purchase uh, purchase with us electronically without talking to anybody if they want to, or uh, have a kind of a white glove hand-holding experience that's a little more consultative. So yeah, proud of what we built um, and, and we're keeping it going. That's awesome. And so you, you're working with law firms specifically, and as you've experienced that and as you've worked with your clients, what are some of the main risk management concerns that your clients are facing and what are the main types of coverage that are going to be absolutely critical for law firm owners? Sure. So um, we work with we work with a lot of new firms, uh, a lot of firms who are just starting up, um, really getting their practice going. And their questions often range from, you know, what do I need in terms of bare minimums sometimes uh, or in terms of they're rolling over practice or they're they're rolling over a bunch of customers and they really haven't had to have an insurance discussion before. So they need to know like how much limit they should carry and what kind of customers they have and what's going to protect them. Um, usually it starts with professional liability or malpractice insurance. That's what people are most concerned about. And then when you wind up exploring more with them, it turns out that they, they usually also have other insurance needs. Sometimes they're just required, right? Like a, like a general liability policy might be required. Workers' compensation, if they have any kinds of employees, are often required. And then depending on um, how mature the practice is and what the what the law firm owner is like, we often get into cyber liability or employment practices liability if they have um, more employees. So um, those are the big ones. I mean, it tends to be, like I said, um, workers' comp because it's required in, in just about every state. Uh, a business owner's policy or general liability because the landlord usually requires it. Professional liability because the law firm owner knows that that protects their interests and most lawyers are going to get sued at some point in their career. And then we usually tack on cyber liability and, and employment practices. So it, they just get very confusing uh, for most people for, for good reason. So we often talk through with them. There's a lot of risks there to think about, a lot of things that can go wrong uh, that you need to be aware of. Make the case for us. I mean, a lot of... Uh, you know, my dad was never really big into having a lot of insurance coverage, but it's an important um, aspect of running a business and making sure you are doing things properly. Convince us that, uh, you know, we need to have all these coverages. Sure. Um, so, well, uh, the one that's easy is workers' comp, because if you don't, you'll be fined and penalized. Uh, so, okay, we, you know, you white, yeah, white collar you know, workers' comp is not a not a fun check to have to write, um, but you're required to have it. So there you go. Um, malpractice or professional liability or errors and omissions, it's all the same thing. Um, most firms know that they ought to be carrying that. So um, statistically speaking, the number is 80%, which is the number of lawyers that will get sued at some point during a career for malpractice. Um, wow. 80% is yeah, a pretty big number. And you know, if you don't carry an insurance policy of some sort for malpractice, you basically are self-insuring. And, um, and if something goes wrong, you'll be forced to uh, 
you know, come out of pocket for those kinds of issues. They can be extremely costly uh, in terms of defending yourself and having expert witnesses, depending on the kind of um, practice that you have. And then, of course, any actual damages or settlement amounts um, can also be expensive. So most people are wise enough to carry an insurance policy. Um, and oftentimes, depending on the kind of practice they're either or in where they are, they're required by the state to either carry a policy or disclose in California, disclose to their customers if they're not carrying insurance. You have to proactively come out and say like, hey, by the way, I'm happy to be your lawyer, but I don't carry malpractice insurance and, and you need to know that. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's malpractice. And then you know, the other ones in terms of making a case for why to have insurance, you know, we see, um, sadly, some some law firms start out and it goes great, right? Like they knock the cover off the ball they're very fast, like fast growing, and they're hiring, and they're doing all these things. Um, and you know, we had an interesting scenario somewhat recently where a customer called us up, and all we did for them was the malpractice insurance. And they called us up and they said, "Hey, um, you know, tell me how to report this to my policy." Uh, you know, and, and asked them what the scenario was, and they said, "Well, um, you know, we were a small firm, and we've been growing, and we've hired all these great people, um, and someone." that we hired who we thought was great. Uh, we had to let her go because her, her work was really lagging. And now she's suing us for wrongful termination. So I need to report that under my policy. And it, it, it stinks to have to tell them like, hey, you only have a malpractice policy, but you don't have anything um, that's going to cover you for those employment type issues. Um, so the kinds of customers we attract are often fast growing and 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 they look, look a lot like that kind of firm. Uh, and they just don't take a second to step back and say, like, hey, what are my other risks, right? So that's an employment-related matter that they didn't know they could buy a policy for, or they just thought that their malpractice policy would cover them for that, and then it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so delivering that message stinks. And then the other one that is way more prevalent, and I'm sure most people know about, is cyber liability risks. So um, unfortunately, over the years, the cyber criminals have, have really realized that if they want to go after low-hanging fruit... Um, and really get a quick win on on getting some money. It's not going after the large AM law firms because those firms have, you know, all kinds of protections. It's really hard to dupe somebody at, at a large organization like that. But an easier place to dupe somebody is a small law firm, right? Where they probably don't have the firewalls in place. They probably don't have their protections, and it's really easy to, you know, if you if you cast a wide enough net as a criminal to try to trick somebody, you're probably going to get somebody. Um, so we see a lot more cyber liability claims going on. And again, people think that they're protected. Um, and oftentimes they're just not, which is you know a shame because they wind up coming out of pocket with it. Yeah. So you really, you need to have somebody on your side that understands this world <laughs> and uh, can help you. I think so. You know, and it doesn't have to be a long, laborious conversation, right? Like most of the time when we're talking with our customers, it's you know, 10 minutes, right? Uh, and like... We advise them on the risks they should have and the risks that they have. We tell them what risks are there and we tell them how to protect it and we tell them what costs it'll it'll take to protect it. And then it's up to them. They can, um, we help get them educated and they can make the decision as to whether or not they want to carry those policies or not. Yeah. Now, can you have too much insurance? Is there such a thing as that? Um, I'm, yes, I would say probably, uh, I always tell people it's not my job to sell less insurance. Um, but I'll <laughs> often tell people like, Hey, like, you know, sometimes you just don't need things. Um, you know, you just have to be smart about it. Um, you know, on, on a professional liability policy, for example, um, it'll be rare that we'll tell somebody like, Hey, you don't need all this, you know, limited liability. Um, but sometimes that's the case, right? Like we often talk to partners 
who maybe left a very large law firm where they carried tens of millions of dollars of of insurance and they want the same thing um, for themselves starting out as a small practice. And and we often tell them like, hey, that one, that's that's probably unnecessary. Two, it's going to be really expensive. And three, it, it'll be hard to come by. Like most carriers will look at that. Most insurance carriers will look at that. It's like, what does Darren need $10 million of insurance for? You know, like, like was something going on here? Um, and so often we can just go to the law firm owner and say like, hey, like, uh, here's the feedback that we're getting and here's how much it would cost. And, you know, like, let's talk about your risks. Um, you know, if they need it, we'll, we'll happily place it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some is not necessary. Um, and same with like large liability limits um, that third parties might request. Like sometimes third parties, uh, you know, if you work as a small law firm with a Fortune 100 company, they might tell you you need to carry like X million limits. And um, sometimes help the law firm owner go back and be like, hey, like, here's how to push back on that request um, and see if they can lower those um, those requirements for you. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. So I want to circle back to the the malpractice because that seems like it's maybe one of, you said 80% and I'm kind of uh, blown away by that statistic. It seems like that's probably one of the most prevalent risks that uh, we need, law firm owners need to be thinking about. So tell us a little bit more about how malpractice insurance works. Um, it, you know, let's say you have a disgruntled client. Um, how is that insurance policy going to kick in and help reduce the risk and the impact of a potential lawsuit against the firm? Sure. Um, well, I mean, in terms of reducing potential lawsuit against the firm, uh, you know, the good news is that the carrier is usually on your side, right? Like you want them in your corner and you want them helping you and they're, they're professionals and they're going to help you kind of get through that fight. Um, and they know how to navigate those waters, right? So, They'll get you a defense counsel. They'll help. They'll help you with the conversations against the the person who's alleging wrongdoing. Um, and then the other thing that that doesn't get taken into account very often is like the emotional toll, uh, you know, from from the lawyer, right? Like most lawyers are, are really good people at heart, and and even the litigators out there like don't ever expect to get sued themselves. Um, and when it happens, it's a humongous distraction. So. Yep. When you have a carrier on your side and you've got good defense counsel, like they they can help you and they'll tell you what needs to be done um, and guide you through it. So statistically, the earlier on you can get the carrier involved, um, the lower the damages amount and defense costs are going to be, um, as opposed to if you try to engage them late in the game. And then we don't have numbers in terms of what happens if you don't carry malpractice. Like I, I just don't know. Those things don't get reported. But I know, I certainly know of stories where people didn't have insurance um, you know, they come to us later and you hear that you hear about situations that just went sideways. Um, and it, it stinks. <laughs> yeah. It takes up, you know, financially it can be a huge, um, you know, a huge draw on the firm. Uh, and then, like I said, like uh, emotionally and where all your energy level goes to, like that's hard to measure, but anybody will tell you that that's a, a huge burden too. So having yeah. that insurance on your head and like with you is, um, is a big help. That's a great point about the emotional aspect. And, you know, if you're a law firm owner, you're, you need to be focused on running your business and uh, billing your hours and, you know, helping your clients. And if you've got this huge thing hanging over your head, that's a big distraction to your work. It is. Yeah. I mean, anybody you talk to who's been through it, even if you have insurance, it's, uh, it's a huge drain. But right when you're, when you're bare on it and having to go out and get your own defense counsel and you don't really know where to go, like, yeah, it's, um, it, it stinks. No yeah. one two ways about it. Now I'm curious, you know, obviously there are, you know, cases that are are 
different? You know, what are some of these things? Yeah, I'm not really familiar, but what are some of these things that, uh, you know, lawyers could potentially or law firms could potentially get sued over? Are these just clients that were unsatisfied with the work product or with the outcome? Or what are some of the issues that might be at stake here? Sure. Yeah. I mean, the the simple ones are like blown statute of limitations. Like that stuff happens all the time. Um, you know, failure to communicate, right? Like just good old fashioned expectation setting, right? Like you're you're my lawyer, and I think I'm going to get this huge settlement, and it turns out turns out I didn't, and then I'm going to go ahead and sue you because I think that you know I was expecting a million, and it turns out I'm like at ten thousand. Um, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, are malpractice allegations happen happen with that all the time. Okay. Um. Trust and estate attorneys, like having to deal with high net worth individuals, and you know the um, the second generation who is expecting a lot of money, uh, they get pissed off at the estate and trust attorney because you know I was always dad's favorite, and why am I now only getting twenty five percent? Like I'm just going to get eighty percent. Um, you know that stuff happens all the time. So um, you know there are all kinds of materials out there and I'm, I'm happy to get into it um, at any point in time, you know, right now, right now it might be a little bit boring, but the biggest ones are blown statutes, limitations, um, failure to communicate uh, in terms of expectation settings, failure to apply the law correctly. Um, you know, there are other ones out there. And um, a lot of times it's just the simple things, right? Like just communicating to people and again, setting expectations, calendaring things when they're due, um, and hitting those deadlines prevent a lot of the malpractice claims. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That helps me understand uh, for sure some of those things. And that makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, so if someone is looking at purchasing malpractice or understanding how much they need, uh, what are some of those things to think about? Or what are some of the factors they need to consider when they're purchasing that insurance? Sure. So from, um, obviously this is a uh, financial related product and, and your podcast is very financial uh, oriented. So from a cost perspective, you know, usually it's starting around from a, for a new lawyer, say two grand a year. Um, and you often can spread it out over 12 months. Like we offer very simple financing programs that a lot of small law firms take advantage of, even big law firms take advantage of it so they can spread out the monthly cost. And um, so I guess it's starting at two grand. As the practice starts to get larger or you have more exposure or maybe you've had some claims, um, you know, the the policy per attorney might get up to between five and seven thousand um, dollars on a per attorney basis. And then in some rare extenuating circumstances, higher than that. Uh, right. Depending if you're like an IP attorney or you've had some claims or you do some class action stuff, those are higher exposure things. And we've seen some policies get up to around, you know, say. 10 grand or more per attorney. Um, but for most law firms who are probably listening to this, it is, I don't know, give or take, say $2,500 to $3,500 a year. Um, and this way you know that if things go wrong, uh, it's very easy to have that insurance carry in your pocket. The other thing is that people are often, um, you know, think about malpractice policies for all the right reasons as um, if, if you get sued. But if something happens in terms of, um, bar complaints or disciplinary proceedings. Again, they had for small, some people who are like in family law or trust in estates who are dealing with like individuals, it's so easy for them to make a complaint against you. And these policies will will help you in terms of getting defense counsel um, for any you know, bar complaint issues. And that happens all the time. Yeah. Great advice there. And, and that's good, you know, to understand that that's really not a whole lot of money for 
peace of mind in that regard, I would think. Right. I think so too. I mean, easier for me to say, um, yeah. you know, you, you coach these people all the time. I think, I think so many of them are, are guilty of, uh, not running, not running the practice as a business. Right. And, and not, not thinking about it, um, in that regard. Right. And so they wind up being, you know, a little bit foolish, I think, in terms of not wanting to invest in some protection um, from a risk management perspective. Sure, there's other facets too, um, where that mindset extends to. But from an insurance perspective, we see that all the time. Yeah, and speaking of running it as a business, earlier you mentioned a business owner's policy. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more what that is and what that entails. Sure. So um, a business owner's policy is is a policy that's designed to cover you for general liability and and property. Um, and the reason it's those are packaged together is that so often, like if you run a small business, um, you're just required to carry it. Like so, your landlord makes you carry your landlord makes you carry some some kind of insurance policy for general liability, right? Like a slip and fall type of thing. Um, there's some other things that protects too, but um, and they also make you carry some some stuff for property, like property damage, which can be anything within the four walls of your office, your your computer systems, your printers. Um, most firms these days are running really lean practices, right? Like, like they they might have a virtual office or they might go into like a WeWork type space, um, something along those lines. They don't really even have that much property, um, but they might have a landlord that requires it. And so it's easy enough for them to spend 500 bucks or so. And we can, at Embroker, we can give you those policies very, very easily. Um, and it's just a, it seems like a check the box kind of issue. Does it respond? Do people have claims and that kind of stuff? Sure. Um, of course that happens, but it, it seems to be just something that, um, is often required by some kind of third party. So when that happens, we're happy to, um, provide that. And that's usually when we see firms getting that kind of policy. Okay. Yeah. And now uh, let's think about the business continuation as well. Do you, uh, do much with disability insurance and what can you tell us about that? Yeah, you know, we we actually don't in terms of okay. that tends to be yeah for disability and like healthcare, um, we can help we can help point people in the right direction. Um, we do have avenues for key man insurance or key person insurance, um, which that tends to be popular among some I, I would say savvier law firms. Um, I'm kind of surprised that some firms don't buy that a little more often. But wait, so let's, person inch. Yeah, yeah, let's break that down. What explain to us what those are. Yeah. So health health insurances uh, and disability is is a separate animal. Um, you know, in terms of in terms of that, there are there are great brokers out there that will help you with your employee benefits and and managing those types of things. Um, key person insurance kind of falls underneath health insurance to a little bit, but if a um, if a firm recognizes that there is one or two people in there that are kind of Let's say the rainmakers uh, of the organization, and if those people were were to be um, were to become dead or disabled, uh, that the entity would have trouble sustaining itself, right? So the the entity can buy a key person insurance policy, so that if one of the that's the triggering event, um, and if that happened, there would be a payout, right? So the entity could subside, the entity code out could use that money to either pay off the other um, partners or, or people within the organization. Uh, it could use that money to go out and try to find somebody to replace the, that, that key person who's no longer. Um, but that's what that's there for. So you'll see a lot of, um, and Broker does a lot of technology companies as well. Like that's, that's our 
it's actually our biggest vertical, our, our law firm and and tech. And you'll see a lot of technology founders buying key person insurance policies because they are, you know, the kind of the brains behind that operation. Um, and we'll see some law firms doing the same thing. Yeah, and I think that makes a lot of sense, uh, especially you know, if you have, you know, you're a law firm owner and you have a team and it's your name on the door, you know, you are the key person <laughs> and uh, there does need to be some protections there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're not, we're not always pushing it um, in terms of a key insurance product, but certainly that's available. Um, so, I mean, like I said, the, the key ones, the key ones that we tend to purchase or tend to promote are professional liability, the business owner's policy. Um, cyber liability, and then employment practices liability as well. Um, and I should have gone back to like the business owner's policy. The other thing that I failed to mention there is that it also covers you for, it can cover you for um, auto. Like if people are driving around and they get into some kind of a car wreck and they're doing it on behalf of the firm, um, that business owner's policy can respond to that too. So that's kind of another critical point why sometimes people buy uh, those business owner's policies. Absolutely. Now, I'm curious what you think in terms of the future of insurance. Obviously, cyber is becoming a much bigger thing. And now we have AI to think about and lots of other things. You know, where do you see kind of the insurance industry going and kind of some of the future trends that law firm owners need to think about and be aware of? Sure. Um, well, it's not going away. I mean, we unfortunately, uh, we see some of the claims, um, actually, a lot of the claims that come through and, um, and they they come fast. So, you know, the what some people I think fail to understand is that the law firm um, insurance carriers, especially in my practice, they really aren't making any money. Or if they are, they're, they are razor thin margins. Um, so one of the things that we're trying to do at Embroker, and I think you'll see other people um, trying to do this as well, is we try to run our organization a little more lean. Uh, and and reduce some of the traditional overhead costs and pass those savings along to the law firm owner. And we do that using technology. Is, is that's our um, that's the best way we can achieve it. I think you'll see other carriers trying to start to do the same thing to try to win market share, which is great for the law firm. Um, what's not as good for the law firm is that the prices, uh, absent of using technology like this, the prices will probably still continue to rise because the claims continue to rise. And defending those cases um, is is only getting more expensive between expert witnesses, discovery, and things of that nature. And the settlements get larger. Um, so, like I said, it's not going anywhere. Uh, we do see people spending more money on cyber liability insurance again because, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, those claims are just rising as well. Um, and I think that I say this to people all the time: like if you if you run a small law firm, I don't know, two attorneys, or even you get to like five or six attorneys. Um, and if you had a cyber claim happen to you and you went and told your partners that we didn't carry cyber insurance because, you know, it, the, the $2,000 or whatever was too expensive. Um, and now we got to pay this claim out of our own pockets. I think they'd look at you like you're crazy. Like it, it seems to me like it's a, it's a fiduciary responsibility of a law firm owner to have that coverage in place because, um, you know, like good lawyering can protect a lot of things in a malpractice claim, but it's really, really hard to protect um, against the cyber claim. And even if you talk to the people who do the upfront stuff on um, on firewalls and things of this nature to protect your firm, they'll even tell you you should get insurance policy because the claims can still happen. So in terms of the future, I think cyber is not going anywhere. I think malpractice is, is for sure going to be there. Um, and in some states like California, law firm owners need to be 
a little more vigilant about buying stuff to protect against um, employment-related issues. Like employment-related issues and and for law firms in California is horrific. Um, mm. Like almost all carriers lose money on that uh, because the claims are, because the claims are so bad and it's so employee friendly. Um, so I think that's going to be the case too. Maybe some of those costs will come down, but in a state like California, it's not looking like it. Right. Yeah. Really important things to think about as you're growing your practice and, and growing your business. Well, unfortunately, we're coming near to the end of our time, Brad. This has been really good stuff. I just want to ask you, if is there anything else you'd like to add, any additional information that you feel uh, law firm owners need to be aware about as they manage risk and navigate the world of insurance? Yeah, sure. Um, so, you know, insurance is a peace of mind product, right? I, I think it's really important to get somebody on your side who can explain things to you and and where you can have confidence that the policy is going to respond when you need it to. And also you can be confident you're getting a good deal, right? Like there's a lot of providers out there. Um, you can do quick Google searching, you can ask around and, and you might get all kinds of different answers. Uh, so I would say be be diligent about doing your research and you don't have to spend that much time on it, but get somebody in your corner who can do a good job for you where you know you're getting a good deal. Um, and they know you're, you're looking out for your interests. Um, the last thing is that it's really hard to manage as a law firm owner, a lot of different vendors. Um, and for for whatever reason in insurance, it's, it's always been really hard to find one vendor who can just manage all of your risks and all those policies. We see a lot of people coming to us because we can do you know all the insurance, right? So if you can find somebody where you can just offload all the insurance things to that, um, that entity or that company or that person and just say like, hey, take care of this for me so I can go practice law. Um, that's a win, right? This is where you're not getting your time sucked up by having to renew all these different policies all these different times of year and and not having any clue as to well how well you're protected. So um yeah, if you can if you can put all your policies and all your insurance administration with one group or one person, I think that's a win. Find somebody you can trust um where that they're making sure you're taken care of and that the carry is gonna be in your corner. Yeah, that's and, great advice. I love that. And I, I recommend that to my clients to use a broker. You know, somebody who can shop around for you, who can compare different companies, who can, you know, give you a, a wide view of, of all kinds of different options that that are out there. Now, I got one last question for you, Brad, something we ask all of our clients. You know, we talk a lot about retirement planning on this show. So I'm just curious, what does your dream retirement look like? <laughs> My dream retirement. Um, well, it won't be probably selling lawyers uh, insurance for, for all the years to come. Uh, maybe if I'm lucky. Things will go well. My kids will get out of college, and uh, and I'll be hanging out with them somewhere on a beach, and you know maybe they'll be paying for for my meals and my drinks. That's not me paying for theirs. That would be a win. That sounds good. All right. And lastly, would you uh, share with our audience how they can find out more about you and your company, or get in touch with you if they have questions? Sure thing. Um, so our company is Mbroker. You can very easily go to mbroker.com uh, or mbroker.com slash law. Uh, you'll see a page there specifically dedicated to law firms. Um, we've got a great team of people. So you can, if you navigate to that page and try to find us, um, you'll either hit me or one of the folks on my team. If you want to find me specifically, uh, you can find me on LinkedIn. It, it, that's very, very clean and easy. It's linkedin.com slash Brad Barkin, my name. Or uh, my email address is very simply brad at mbroker.com. Great. Sounds good. Thanks so much. And thank you for joining us today on this episode of The Lawyer Millionaire. 
Go check out your insurance policies and make sure you have the coverage you need. Make sure your dream is protected. If you want to learn more about us, check out our website, thelawyermillionaire.com. There you can find free resources and webinars, grab a copy of my book, or even schedule a time to chat with me about your own financial goals and creating a plan to make them happen. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode packed with useful advice and expertise for law firm owners just like you. We also invite you to leave a review and share The Lawyer Millionaire with your friends and colleagues who might benefit from our discussions. Together, let's empower more law firm owners to achieve even greater levels of success and freedom. Now, take what you learned today and go make your dreams a reality. I'm your host, Darren Wirtz, and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Lawyer Millionaire. Click the follow button below to be notified when new episodes become available. This content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. This content is not intended to represent investing or tax advice. Always seek the advice of a qualified investment or tax advisor with any questions you may have regarding your own financial circumstances.